This is Animals Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA, with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animals Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie, and uh, happy to have you along for a ride once again. This week, we're talking to a very special guest joining us all the way from Washington, D.C. On, uh, on Skype. We've got Steve Feldman. Steve is the executive director of HABRI. HABRI is the Human Animal Bond Research Initiative Foundation. It's a nonprofit research and education organization that's gathering, funding, and sharing the scientific research that demonstrates the positive health impacts of animals on people, which is something we talk about a lot. So we're uh, excited to have you here, Steve. Thanks for joining us today. Kevin, thank you for having me. So when was this research initiative founded? Well, Havri was founded five years ago. The folks at the American Pet Products Association and Petco and Pfizer Animal Health are the three founding organizations. And what they realized was that most people believe that pets are good for health, but no one was actually doing the research and consolidating all the scientific research that proves it. Wow. So you got together those three groups and decided, hey, we're going to do that research and, and prove this to people, right? That's right. And now we have just, you know, dozens of organizations and companies and individuals who support our efforts. And uh, what we do is fund research into how pets are good for people. That's a great, great initiative. And, and uh, we're obviously very excited to talk to you about it. So how do you partner or connect with scientists to put together these studies about the benefits? Well, so the first thing that we did at Habri was we created Habri Central, and this is the world's largest online research library of all the information related to the human-animal bond. It's a pretty young field from an academic perspective, so a lot of this research is in bits and pieces all over the place, and so we created a research library that now has more than 25,000 entries. It's all keyword searchable. So the first thing we did was pulled everything together that we could find on human-animal bond and its effect on people. And then the second thing we did about two years ago is we started to fund new research. So we put out a request for proposal. We ask researchers, mostly at universities all over the world, really, and we do have one project up in Canada. We ask them to give us their ideas, submit proposals, and then we, we have a very distinguished scientific advisory board that picks the best proposals, and then we fund them to try and discover what we can about how pets are good for people. You mentioned that you are doing one research project here in Canada. Are you at liberty to discuss that? Sure. This is a University of Toronto and the Markham Stouffville Hospital System. And what we're doing is looking at a project where doctors and social workers and nurse practitioners actually ask patients about their pets when they come in for their visits. And what we've discovered is that when doctors and patients have a conversation about what pets are in the home, you learn all kinds of important health information, you establish a really important rapport, and pets can actually be used as a reason to make important lifestyle changes like quitting smoking. So by studying how these conversations between doctors and patients work when they talk about their pets, we're hoping to demonstrate how beneficial that is. So animal lovers know that our pets can calm us down. I think those of us that already have animals are, we're already uh, convinced, right? Why from a scientific point of view are animals good for children's stress levels as one of your new research grants is looking to study? There are a number of ways that pets are good for kids, but 
reducing stress is a really important benefit. As a matter of fact, you'll see in a number of schools from early education all the way up through college that bringing in therapy animals to reduce anxiety, to alleviate stress during exams, all of this is becoming much more common because people recognize this powerful effect. Okay. What is your science, or I'm sorry, your research teaching you about how having an animal as a child benefits children later in life as they mature? I actually want to talk about exposure to pets in very early childhood. Okay. There are some studies that show that when pregnant mothers have pets around, in particular dogs, but also other pets, and then exposure to pets in the first six months of life, so young babies, that prenatal exposure and early childhood exposure actually reduce the incidence of asthma and allergies later in life for the rest of that child's life and into adulthood. So it's really important, you know, sometimes young families, they have the dog and they're trying to decide, should we keep the dog or, you know, now that we're going to have a family? The answer is absolutely yes. Make that dog an important part of your young family's life and it's going to have great benefits in terms of reducing asthma and allergies. I, I can only speak from my own experience and, you know, my, uh, my daughters have been around pets since they were born, you know, two cats and, and in more recent years now also two dogs. What I see is the development of empathy in those children and certainly caring for the animals and responsibility. I, I think my girls are very empathetic and I've always for some reason linked that to pet ownership. So I'm really interested to hear that there's some scientific proof behind that. Well, I'm glad you mentioned empathy because there's a whole line of research on pets in the classroom, not just in your home, but having uh, animals available in the classroom. And that has been shown to increase empathy, cooperation amongst children, responsibility. So there's good science on that. And then also learning development. There are increasing numbers of reading programs where young children read to dogs in particular, but one of the studies we're looking at is reading to rabbits and guinea pigs. And the idea is that they'll listen, they're patient, they're non-judgmental, and uh, it's a great way to increase reading comprehension, reading skills, and learning development in children as well. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break uh, with Steve Feldman, Executive Di Director of Habri. When we come back, though, Steve, I'm going to ask you a question about the benefits for people with mental illness. We'll be right back on Animals Voice Podcast. The Ontario SPCA is happy to announce some exciting news. Monday, February 29th is National Cupcake Day for SPCAs and Humane Societies. Right across Canada, caring people like you are baking cupcakes to share and raise critically needed funds for neglected and abused animals. You can help by hosting your own National Cupcake Day party at work, home or your child's school. You can also show your support by donating to your local participating society. Register online today at nationalcupcakeday.ca. Welcome back to Animals Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie, and continuing with our new friend, Steve Feldman, Executive Director of HABRI, which is the Human-Animal Bond Research Initiative, joining us from Washington, D.C. on Skype today. Steve, we are uh, so appreciative of your time. Fascinating discussion so far. Really, really appreciate this. I want to talk specifically about the benefits of animals for people with mental illness or mental challenges. Can you speak to that and what your science is finding? Well, absolutely. There's good scientific evidence that the presence of pets will reduce depression, that it will alleviate anxiety, 
And this is not only the presence of, of pets in the home, but there's a real increase in the use of animal-assisted therapy, where psychologists uh, will use a pet in their sessions to work with people who may have some of these conditions, and the pet has a great effect in a therapeutic setting. Are you sensing that organizations are responding to this research and beginning to bring together programs for pet therapy? Yes. As a matter of fact, there was a recent survey by a hospital association that showed that more than 80% of hospitals had some sort of animal-assisted activity in their hospital. So you're also seeing this in nursing homes. I know we were talking about kids earlier, but there's some great benefits for healthy aging as well. And because so many nursing homes are now developing pet therapy and animal-assisted activity programs, it gets harder and harder to find a control group when you're doing scientific research. You know, I'm so happy you brought that up. This entire conversation, I've been thinking of this one donor in particular that I visit. My core role here at the Ontario SPCA is a fundraising role. So I see donors that are in different settings. And some of the donors I see are in, you know, a home for the aged. And there are nice places, but there are no animals. I see one friend of mine in particular, a donor, who is in a a home for the aged where there are three resident dogs. And when I go visit, I'm encouraged to bring one of my dogs with me. And it just seems to be a different environment. So I'm glad to see that Habri has a focus on proving that benefit as well. I want to give you one more piece of information on that. There's a really fascinating study that shows that the presence of a fish tank when Alzheimer's patients are taking their meals is tremendously beneficial. They're calmer. They actually take in more nutrition naturally. They need less nutritional supplementation, have more positive and less negative behaviors. Based on this kind of information, there really is no excuse that every memory care facility ought to have a fish tank. And, you know, I wanted to make the point that we're not just always talking about dogs and cats. You know, if you have an animal visitation program in a home for the aged where a lot of the people there might have been involved in agriculture or farming, then, you know, bringing in some farm animals can also be tremendously stimulating and beneficial for people who might miss that kind of activity. It's a tremendous idea. You mentioned that Habri came together five years ago. So in that five years, was there one thing that for you was the home run or that has changed your outlook entirely as to why in a general way, simply pets are good for humans? Well, you know, it's interesting because when you speak to any pet owner and you tell them about Habri, they say, well, I knew that, right? Most pet owners intuitively know how great their animals make them yeah, feel. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir at that point, right? right? But I go beyond that. And the one area where I focus on, because this affects everyone, is heart health. Just two years ago, the American Heart Association also took a look at this. And what they found was that not only do you have better heart health if you have a pet, you have less stress. So you have good hormones like oxytocin and serotonin and dopamine and fewer bad hormones like cortisol. So there's some brain chemistry at work. But that if you have a heart attack or have some kind of cardiac event, if you have a pet, you're more likely to be alive one year later after your heart attack than if you don't. So not only does it help protect your heart on the front end, it helps you survive if you have if something bad happens on the back end. And when you have an effect so profound, mm-hmm. I think that was a real eye-opener for me. And now the way I look at it is a tremendous amount of effort is made to get us to eat our vegetables. A tremendous amount of effort is made to get us to exercise. 
well, we should be making that same tremendous effort to make sure that people have pets. Those things all belong on the list together because of their important positive effects on our health. Well, I'm batting one out of three, and uh, I already told you about my dogs, so there you know. <laughs> Listen, in your own words, you've talked about the importance of pets, you know, for people. Why is Habri so important and the work that you guys are doing? Well, putting science behind all these great stories that we hear about is so important because that's how you change things. We want to give people more reasons to adopt pets. We want to give people more reason to keep their pets so they never relinquish them. We want to make sure that society is as pet-friendly as possible so that more people can enjoy the benefits of having them. And the only way we're really going to change things is if we have good, solid science behind those anecdotes. Well, you know, I personally have become a big fan in a very short time here today talking to you, Steve. And uh, I know the Ontario SPCA is excited to, to have you as a guest because uh, when you think about the shelters that we own across the province of Ontario, you know, you referenced something earlier in this interview, and that's that, you know, when people uh, are expecting a child, sometimes there's a discussion, do we keep the animal? And our shelters, unfortunately, get filled with perfectly good animals that there is nothing wrong with. But people have had to make tough decisions. And sometimes maybe those decisions are misinformed. You're putting the data behind this research, and we are able to then turn around and look at people and tell them about the benefits of having that animal. Just from that standpoint alone, I'm, I'm blown away by the work you're doing and, and uh, a very big fan of it, so we appreciate it. I'd like to know about you yourself. How do you become the executive director of Habri? Are you a lifelong animal lover? Uh, <laughs> do, you have, do you have pets yourself, Steve? I do. I, have a, I like to call him a purebred mutt. Uh, he's a a rescue named scout scout he's six years old and he kind of looks like a border collie but he's he's also as hard-headed as a hound dog so i'm not (laughs) sure what he is so you can uh you can attest for that benefit when you get home after a long day at habri you walk in the door and that reaction you get and the tail is wagging the bum is wagging you know and they're so happy to see you that's a reaction that only pet owners can uh, attest to and understand and it adds so much to your day and it can just fix your mood or fix your night uh, for that matter that's absolutely true i mean i have teenagers so i'm counting on the dog to welcome <laughs> well listen if people would like to learn more about habri i mean you mentioned the habri central online library your organization, how can people find you, whether it's a website, social media? I'd love to share that information. Well, sure. Come to habri.org and you can sign up for our, I do a little weekly newsletter where we just send out some of the interesting stories and information that we gather on a weekly basis. We're at Habri Tweets on Twitter and we're also on Facebook as well. You can search Human Animal Bond Research Initiative and find us pretty easily. Uh, We'd love to get connected with your listeners. And I also want to add that we're really appreciative of what the Ontario SPCA does. We're doing the research, so we're kind of one step removed from what you do, but you guys are the ones with the paws on the ground, and we really appreciate all the hard work that you're doing. Those are kind words. Thank you, Steve. I mean, between us, we're, we're all about good health at both ends of the leash, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. 
Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Steve Feldman, the executive director of HABRI, that's the Human Animal Bond Research Initiative. Thank you so much. And thank you to you, the listeners of Animals Voice Podcast. I would love for you to follow me on Twitter at OSPCA Kevin. Yes, there's been a change. If you used to follow me at my old Twitter account, it's time to switch over. Follow me at OSPCA Kevin. And uh, if you would like to submit show ideas or questions for Animals Voice, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me by email at K McKenzie. That's K M A C K E N Z I E at OSPCA.ON.CA. Steve, we'd love to talk to you again some other time, okay? Thank you, Kevin. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animals Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all our supporters. Together, we are the Animals Voice.